No, we turned one of our friends onto Klonik, and he got he got a free KFC. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. I love that. Yeah. He throws you a bone, you know? He doesn't leave you hanging. Oh, Yo, what up? Hey everybody, and welcome to the Aeon Squad. We've got a very special and exciting episode today. Something we've been hyping up basically since the first episode. We have an interview with a goetic demon, Klonek. Um, and we're gonna start. We're gonna start that very soon because we just want to jump right into the interview. Is there anything that we should we should say to kind of preface this? We do want to hype our hype our man up. I call him. I call Klonik the businessman of all businessmans. <laughs> um, you know, super solid guy, very wise. And, you know, he's a good person if you want to, to challenge your conception of a demon. Uh, you know, because people are like, oh, demons are scary and bad. Like, no, this guy is absolutely just a good guy. So, you know, leave your preconceptions at the door and open your mind up to the possibility of a goetic demon being actually really cool and helpful. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, awesome. So we'll just jump right into it. And then we can kind of, after after it get, goes in, we'll talk a little bit about the interview and also a little bit of how we first got in contact with Klonek and the work that we're going to do. Yeah, we did We did promise him that we'd have a press kit. So that's going to be here too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fun. That's going to be fun. Oh, that's going to be awesome. All right. Here it is. Spirit interview with Klonek. Now. Imagine yourself falling back and your personality dissolving, everything just slowly evaporating until you're just there in the void. Get comfortable there. Linger a few moments. Bring up in your mind the sigil of clonic. Focus it on a second. Feel his energy, feel his power, feel his essence, feel his personality. When you're ready, reemerge as Clonic and open your eyes. All right, we're, uh, we're good to go. We're having action right now. All right. You got your man. Excellent. All right, sir. So for, for those for those that don't know, who am I speaking to right now? This is Klonek, the big bad dude in business. Welcome to the podcast, Klonek. We're excited to have you. Yeah, guys. You know, this is a this is such a good little circle jerky cross promotion little thing, and everyone is going to see just how much we're, you know, patting each other on the back, and they will only be able to watch. They'll be helpless but to see us enjoying each other's company unabashedly. And you know, knocking heads together and making coin and bank, while they uh, they allow their reservations and inability to engage with people prevent them from engaging their true potential. Absolutely, and I think <laughs> this is actually probably a first. This may be the first time a goetic demon has been a guest on a podcast. So on a podcast, I would say no. I think I went there. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit your, about yourself? What are what are you about, uh, and what do you what do you like to do? Well, the first thing that uh, Nephilim read about me was that I am the free market. That's the thing, right? You know, I have my personality and whatnot, but demons—they're all archetypes. They're all characters. They're all persona amplifications of certain traits and uh, de-emphasis of certain other traits. So trading, providing value to one another, people having one thing, people having another, wanting what the other one has, mutually. That's the idea, you know. Um, so people have defined value and assigned value to items many different ways over the years. But I think one of the most uh, effective ones is the idea of pain as the underlying factor of the quality of a gift. The idea being, you know, if you work for one hour and make $100 and you buy a $100 necklace for your sibling for their birthday, that's nice. But if you work at a fast food place and you make like $10 an hour and you work 10 hours to get a $100 necklace, the pain is there much more, right? Um, and so, you know, it's the relative effort, it's the amount of time. It's about, you know, what you have within your means and the striving, the way that you put your resources and effort into what you give to someone else, um, that's what makes it worth something because it's the personal investment of the giver. What, you know, what the giver is losing must be acknowledged in order to fully take it, to fully receive the gift. And so in business, it's that, but both ways. You both trade gifts. You exchange your pain for gain. Excellent. So you you're the master of these of these deals. You said it, not me. <clears throat> and so it, um, I would assume that you've made many deals with people mm-hmm. over the course of history. Mm-hmm. What um, do you have any do you have any interesting um, stories that you'd like to like to share with us about about any of these deals? If you're if you're you know willing to talk about that. Well, here's here's one thing. People always go for body parts. They always think <laughs> that they want like a flesh donation. Like, you know, people maybe they'll like take out their eye because they want true sight, or like they'll cut off a hand so that they can't work anymore and they think I'm gonna give them money for it. You know, some people get these weird ideas and um, you know, the whole the pain thing is what is what it works about. You know, the, the fact that I have Nephilim, he had to go through pain of effort and design spells and doing shit for me. You know, applying his mind and effort in order to give me what I want. And, you know, the pain is there. So, yeah, I mean, the pain of cutting off your hand, that, <laughs> that's not the, what we're talking about. It's not effortful. It's just extraneous. So yeah, that's, you know, people want to give things away that are intrinsic to themselves, and that is just bad business. You need to keep yourself whole. You have a lot more to offer than, like, your essential building blocks, your body, your soul. <laughs> you don't trade <laughs> stuff like that. You can't get that back. That's not replaceable. You know, I would never give up parts of myself, and no one else should either. So that's the thing, you know, you shouldn't debase yourself when you're trying to make a deal. You need to respect yourself if you expect the entity giving you the deal to respect you, right? Otherwise, they're gonna use you, many of them. Usually when someone has a malformed intent like that, I just don't acknowledge them, but you know, 
That's because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I assume many others would gladly take that deal. <laughs> I mean, you flip the go through the Goisha, you can throw a dart at it. You'll find someone that'll fuck you over on the deal. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, don't go. Don't go cutting. On, nobody go cutting off your hands. <laughs> yeah, guys, it won't get you. The only place it will get you is the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some of the things that you typically like, what, what, what is your end of the deal often involve? Right. So think about the concept of offering uh, devotions to gods. So, you know, one of the most, the basic ones we have like praying and we have like sacrifices. So you can do grain sacrifices, animal sacrifices, blood, what have you. And, um, you know, it's about taking something valuable, taking something that means a lot to you and just giving it up, destroying it, knowing that that destruction will transfer the energy to their patron, right? So that's the idea, you know, if they throw bread into a fire, the burnt offering, the idea is that when the fire is destroyed, the sustenance that would have gone to a human instead goes to the divine. It's an act of transubstantiation. So, um, you know, a good, a good packed person is going to give me something that is valuable to me in that way. Like, the thing is, the things that humans may reach for to give me, I don't need. I don't need body parts. I don't need money. Um, I don't need you to get a job for me. I don't need you to go out and be my street team and put up posters and send emails. Although you guys are kind of doing that, which is cool. <laughs> but that's part of the pack, isn't it? But yeah, you know, people need to think outside the box. If you want to get my attention, you have to offer something that only you can give me. That's, that's, how, that's you know, the ultimate angle. If you have something that no one else has, you're the only source, you know, you have complete control of the market. You own the market, right? The mm -hmm. supply and the demand. So, um, yeah, you know, what I did with Nephilim was something that only he would have been able to do for a variety of reasons. And that's why I tapped him for it. That's why I thought it was a fair deal. Um, and, you know, it was an energetic thing. It was an accumulation of archetypal forces. It was a combination of potentiation and formation. And he deposited it directly into my coffers, my personal you know, store of will, mana, change, you know, gravitas, demonic capital, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing, our capital thoughts and feelings and archetype and energy and vibrations. So what do, what do, what do people ask for? Yes, yes, give me, give me five top, Top five guesses. Money. Babes. Babes. <laughs> Fame. Sure. Um, power. See, power is kind of a shitty one because, like, that doesn't really mean anything. True. You know what I mean? But people, yes, people are like, I want power. And I'm like, well, like, what does that mean? Power. Do you want, like, a lot of batteries? Do you want a lot of gasoline? Do you want to, you know, be a CEO of what? Right, have you an idea. You have to have an aspiration or a goal. City council or a lot of like <laughs> mana batteries. Like there are not a lot of simple-minded politicians knocking at my door. I'll tell you that much. Although there are some. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of business types, CEOs, and stuff like that. Um, a little bit, but like you know, the thing is, those people don't really get what I do. Because a lot of those people, they become so blinded by the pursuit of money. You know, it's like the dragon horde concept. It's the whole problem with, you know, the one percenters, the billionaires, the people who have wealth just for the sake of it. That's not the point. 
you know, I don't have that spiritual capital that people give me so I can sit on it. I have it so I can use it to get stuff that I want. Right? Yeah. What's the point? Like, what? Wanting money is pointless. Money is a means. Money is currency. Currency is, you know, trading of value. It's the assignment of value to goods or services or what have you. So, yeah, no, the whole money chasing thing, it's like, I want money, I want power. It's like, okay, what do you got to do? Go on vacations? Like, buy a dog? Buy a nice car? Like, what the f- <laughs> So, yeah, you pretty much answered your own question, I would say. Yep. Um, so, that, that kind of leads to, like, what are your impressions on our, like, the human society as a whole these days as a business-minded uh you know, entities such such as yourself. Well, you said it to me like two or three times in the past couple of days. Um, what Marx said: capitalism can't afford to feed its slaves. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, you know, the income disparity is bad for business. You know, like you have the people on social media be all like, "Oh, you know, support local business, blah blah blah." And like sometimes it might sound cheesy, but that's huge. You know, the mom and pop stores, the people started they got like you know. Fifty thousand or hundred thousand dollars small business loans, stuff like you know, people like that are indispensable to the fabric of society and you know the economy turning. And if you don't have those small businesses and you know grassroots things, you know companies five, ten, twenty people, then it's all what corporations and stuff. You know, like businesses of moving money for the sake of it. You know, all the bullshit of financial, pharmaceutical, tech, military. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's just not good, you know. The little guys need to be able to participate too. You know, where do you think the wealth of a king comes from? It's everybody pitching in. The kingdom is, you know, the kingdom like has everything, everything, you know, owns everything, but the kingdom needs a fun- the king needs a functional society in order for him to have what he wants. His power comes from the people completely. Any good king will understand that. And yeah. We're fine with the fire. um let's see so nephilim had a couple a couple questions he wanted me to ask ask he always has questions oh yeah he's (laughs) full full of questions so he wants to know your advice for making friends and, and business contacts okay this is one that ben franklin did this is some good old fashioned psychological manipulation um, if you have someone that doesn't like you or doesn't really have an opinion of you, if you just do something nice for them for no reason, um, if they have negative feelings towards you later, they will experience cognitive dissonance because they'll be like, oh, that person did a nice thing for me. Why am I having negative thoughts about them? Right? Mm. So acts of good faith. If you see, if you think that someone could be valuable to you, not in like a using people way, but you know, if you think their friendship could lead to opportunities and mutual investment and mutual growth just do something for them don't knock yourself out but you know something that only you can give them right that's how you attract people's attention that's how you attract everybody's attention because if they could get it somewhere else cheaper they would so why should they come to you because you're the expert you're the person who is has their niche yeah absolutely <laughs> nothing you can't get people to like you by treating them like shit <laughs> it's true you know i i treat the little guys that move the money around well you know you got to give them the vacations you got to give them their 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 free lunches and stuff you know you got to let them do their shit because 
you know, if I don't have them doing their shit, then what, what, you know, who's going to run my empire? So who are I mean, these, who are these little guys? I mean, you know, <laughs> you always hear about the, the war, the warlike goetic demons having legions of demons and mm-hmm. stuff, right? I have like, you know, bankers and janitors and beam counters and clerical peep staff and, you know, receptionists and people to keep, you know, it's like an office. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a business office. It's a financial office. Nice. So you got your demonic office. They're kind of impish, I would say, a lot of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and I'm guessing, well, you know, you're making deals all the time. Do you also provide other goods and services? And Well, sometimes I find treasure for people. And that can be an act of good faith type thing, or it can be if someone's kind of looking for something, but maybe they haven't really gone the gumption for a real pact yet you know but maybe they have some sort of awareness of me and i can you know make an overture mm. at them maybe make them find something or know something or have something to drop into their lap that's the thing you gotta be able to give people breadcrumbs why do you think they give out t-shirts and shit at like sporting events branding and name recognition absolutely and you're trying to get your your brand out there right now well but yeah this is such an exciting time for you know the the intelligence is living on the other side of the veil because we have guys like you guys and other people that are realizing that these personalities can be channeled into the material world and um, it's really exciting because you know ordinarily i only have the people that find the goisha that contact me right there's so many edgelord mages that want to give me their fucking left testicles so they can have a bigger dick You get the idea. People take one look at your sigil. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, biggest dickest. Biggest dickest. Biggest dickest. <laughs> you know, you know, you know the term big dick energy. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Yeah, you know, you got to exude it. Yeah. Because if you don't have the, if you don't seem like you have the chops, no one's gonna want to mess with you. Yeah. You know, so you got to be confident. You got to project that aura. You got to know your own worth. So what kind of deals are you looking at for now? What people should get in contact with you rather than this edgelord? Well, the whole, the cap, the consciousness capital thing is good. You know, um, if you're a person who does spell working, if you do mystical or devotional or magical practices, then, you know, make spells for me. There are plenty of spells you can find in spell books, internet, about how people do devotions for their gods. Um, some people give away gold rings. Some people will burn dollar bills. There are various ways, you know, there are lots of different ways to show devotion. So, you know, maybe if you're like a really good cook and there's a God that likes certain types of food, you can make like a really, really nice dish for them. That could even be a small pact, you know? Um, It doesn't, a pact doesn't need to be a big deal. It doesn't need to be a year long contract. It could be as, as simple as just an exchange of two things that we both have on hand, you know? Mm-hmm. And what what is a more reasonable thing to ask for, do you think, rather than people um, this big? I, I think the, the most reasonable and easiest thing to ask for would be like uh, getting guidance as far as building a business-oriented mind, mm. um, you know, enabling the practitioner, the devotee, the, you know, the patron to, um, you know, for me to rub off on them, their, their understanding of the transaction of value and services and goods. 
um, you know, recognize their own worth, find their own niche, and learning how to monetize their time. I think that that is something that anybody could val- uh, benefit from. And, you know, it's the type of thing that you can, you can give into it as much as you want. If you want to do a year-long thing and get really good, do it. If you want to do a week-long thing and just get a little, little bump, you know, that's money in my pocket. That's no skin off my back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, whatever you... Nothing's too small, nothing's too big. Just as long as you keep it grounded. Yeah. And from, from the stories I've, I've heard, you know, people who do, who do these packs and study under you, you know, the method works, right? Why would, why would people be contacting me all these thousands of years later if I didn't have a proven track record? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. No. Never. Most people, most people don't know these things, unfortunately. What are you gonna do? You, but you know, the upside is that I have a distinguishing clientele, so that that's has its perks. That's true. Well, you might get a few more inquiries after this goes out. Well, I have to imagine. I have to imagine. You guys know I got what you want. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, so Nephilim also wanted to know how to recognize toxic business relationships. People that aren't willing to engage with you personally. You know, when you're meeting any business associate, there's a warm-up period, as with any person. You're going to start off maybe a little colder distant. But you really have to make an effort to, you know, be friendly. At least you don't have to be buddies. You don't have to like call each other when you're in the bathtub. But you know, go out for a drink with them for a couple hours. Like talk about your interests or your families or you know plans. Should you do on the weekends? You know, you, the it needs to be. You know, the palm needs to be greased. The relationship needs to flow easily because. Um, you know, the fewer reservations and hangups you have about each other, the, the more comfortable you'll be able to be with each other when communicating about delicate matters of finance and rendering services to one another. So, you know, it's about building comfortability and trust and knowing that they're not going to fuck you over because of the proof, the proof of their personality. You know, there are some people that, like, you know, they're so cold, emotionless, calculating. You don't know if they're going to know are their shit they i mean those people are the ones to to doubt the most because they're the ones that will turn on you and have zero loyalty loyalty is big loyalty is very big and most corporations are not loyal to their customers (laughs) (laughs) so why would they be why would they be they don't have to be right they don't care they don't need to care fuck that that is not the market What, so what else what else would you like people to know, people to know? Um, it's really easy to think that your time is not worth much, especially you know there are plenty of people that maybe they don't get a you know higher education and they do things like retail or restaurants or you know like unskilled labor and they think that they you know they resign themselves to you know living under twenty dollars an hour forever. And it's because they they wear themselves down with the puritanical idea that work will set you free thing. And it's like, that is true, but not undirected work. You need to work on yourself and find the work that suits you. 
know, everyone has talents and you cannot waste them. You may not see them, but you have to find them. In order to find your talents, you have to explore and try different things, try new things. Get to know yourself more. The money will come. Some great advice. Thank you. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. We've been talking for about half an hour. What else? Um, Any any other advice you have for people? Any other... What what kind of... um, Anything else you want them to know? Yeah. Buy as many things as you can within your means with cash. (laughs) Buy with cash. Mortgage leases, you want to do cash because then it's one and done. You don't have to worry about anything. No contract. You don't have to talk to anybody. No one's going to call you, send you a bill every month. No sharks, no loan sharks. No one's going to give you a hard time. You get the money. You don't have to see them ever again. But that's if you have the money. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, do you want to let people know how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, so, you know, when you're working with entities of any type, you have to be very careful because there are plenty of opportunistic spirits that will get in there and cause problems. So, you know, learn the basics about entity work. Learn about Solomonic magic. Use a magic circle of protection and use a triangle for containing the entity. Um, approach the entity with respect and acknowledgement of the value of their time. My time. Don't waste my time. And I won't waste yours. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you know, learn about entity work, learn about subconscious engagement with words and transmissions coming from beyond. And um, you know, have a plan, have an intention, have a business plan. Say, I'm gonna do A, B, and C to get X, Y, and Z. Don't say, I want money. Don't ask me for money. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the clonic sigil. Look up the clonic sigil, meditate on it, incorporate it into your your entity work, and it will get you very far with me. If you if you put a lot of conscious energy into the sigil, I will know. Awesome. We'll include that sigil in the show notes. I want to thank you again so much for coming on. Excellent. Up well, I'll be on my way then. Excellent. Well, thanks again. You're dismissed. <laughs>
because you finished your working with him and then he wanted to talk to me. And that's where we had the conversation and we made this deal and we kind of arrived uh, at the, the decision that we were going to do this interview. Yeah. So that was awesome. So yeah, I will acknowledge that, you know, you said the video's a little grainy or whatever, maybe not the best audio capture, but uh, I think it's a really cool relic. I think that we'll look back on it for, you know, years from now and be like, man, look at that. Look how bad he was at channeling. Look at that noob. You know, we went in there, we, we were asking him about like, you know, just various business tips and tidbits. You know, an interesting part of his angle is that he doesn't really talk much about things in explicit monetary terms and stuff like that. He doesn't really talk about like deliverables and much about due dates or schedules. There's there's no like, he doesn't really hold you to the fire. He gives you uh, agency. He trusts that you will figure out how to deliver what you say you're going to deliver. You know, he leaves it in your hands because he doesn't want you to color in the lines. He does He doesn't want, as far as I can tell, to tell you exactly what to do. He would rather have you conceive of something that you could offer him. Right. That's what he said. What can you give me that no one else can or will? Or what can you give me that you're the best at? Right. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's like, if he's, if he could tell us exactly what he wanted to do, he'd probably just do it himself. Right. He needs some of the things differently. He, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to micromanage, right? He's a true, he's a true leader. He enables other, he enables others to, to uh, find their strengths. It's very true. Yeah. You know, they say he, he uh, reveals treasures. Which is great, because, you know, he's given me lots of things that I didn't ask for. You know, just other pieces of information, and, like, he helped me gain perspective on just the deals in my life, and just, just everything. And he guided me to make a really cool fucking spell, which we'll get to eventually. Ooh. Yeah, once that's yeah. out, I'm going to make another deal with him, because my Saturn... Well, my I'm, I'm in my Saturn return, and it's going exact right at the beginning of the new year. And that's, like, I really want to have my money shit together then, so... That's a, perfect. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, we turned one of our friends onto Klonic and he got he got a free KFC. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh my god. I love that. Yeah. He throws you a bone, you know? He doesn't leave you hanging. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> oh I'm, ex my god. I'm excited for this podcast to come out. I remember what you said the other day. I'm like, I wonder which non corporeal entities and spirits and gods and stuff are listening to the podcast. And what did you say? <laughs> All of them? All of them! <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm pretty sure. I, I thought... <laughs> Dude, I mean, this is a big deal in, in the heavens above and the, the, the caves below. Everyone's watching this. This is, you know, this is the god. Like, you know, most of the humans don't haven't caught on to it, but they, they know exactly what's going on. They're like, oh, the apocalypse starting. Let's watch the apocalypse, boys. They have a podcast. <laughs> it's like, guys, get on TV. The horror show is on. You don't want to miss it. It's live. <laughs> recorded in front of a studio audience <laughs> the the clap track oh my god Woo! Harpocrates were you smoking my blue lotus <laughs> the cold open be great <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you think about what was your take on the whole clonic thing because uh was that the that's the first time once again aside from rockwork Queen, that you spoke to an entity directly through my mouth my yeah. mouth, my ears. Well, what was that like for you? I mean the the person like the personality change, like it was like that, right? <laughs> yeah. 
And it's funny. And it's funny because I told him things that I have never told you before during that conversation that I won't repeat here. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't even know if you remember. I don't even know if you remember that. Um, I don't. I honestly, especially with the early channels, I only remember like half of what happened because I was kind of, you know, in and out, kind of wavering and still getting, you know, adjusting to the mechanics of possession. Which, uh, yeah, would you know that possession is a lot more complex than you might think? <laughs> oh, God. This is the exorcism. They always told me don't fuck with voodoo, but, you know, maybe you should. Who knows? <laughs> but you got to be careful who you invite in. That's the whole thing. But, you know, true. Only... Well, that's, that's the thing they say, like, with Ouija boards. It's like people are just like, ooh, what is going to happen? We're going to stir some shit up. It's like. If you go in with that mindset, it's not nothing good is going to happen, right? You have to have intention and you have to have respect and reverence. Respect is the thing that like almost every single demon we have talked to has specifically asked for. Like they want more people yeah. to acknowledge them and respect them and worship them and give them alms and all and you know, make make packs that are actually like respectable. You know, no more bladder infections for, like, petty shit. Oh, my shit. God. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, they they want people to understand, you know, I think it's a pretty big point that, like, in order for, the like, heaven to exist, hell must necessarily exist. If there are angels, there must be a, a shadow car counterpart. Mm. And they are just forces of nature. They are just necessary outcomes of the way that the universe is designed. So don't give them that hard of a time. Also, the whole heaven versus hell thing—that's old news. Like, true. The, the like, like I asked Mikael, I was like, "Are you guys still fighting?" He's like, "No." Like, what do you think? They're just saying that we're fighting to th to make it the demons look bad. I'm like, "Yep." Right. <laughs> so it's it's yeah, heaven yeah. and hell, and and the the Aeonic army of Babylon versus all the Fistagons and all that stuff. Yeah, I like our chances. When when the angels and demons both throw down on the same side, that's when you know the other side is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> It's, oh it's written, dude. It's fucking written, man. What's written? The the the, vic the victory, right? Oh yeah, yeah. All the all the oracles and the scribes have set. foreseen it and recorded. Yeah, no. It's I mean, it's just there. We can already put the tapestry square on if we want it's to. It's the fucking. I forget if it's the star. I think it's the star sapphire. Or the it's or the star ruby. Like set will appear in the circle, right? That that's. What what does that mean? Set will appear in the circle. It's that ritual we were talking about. It's that moment where, of, of his defeat and showing him mercy. Right. It's the, oh. the fucking Aang taking Ozai's powers. Oh my god! And shit, that moment. Right. At least that's the way that we interpreted it when we were reading. We haven't actually performed this ceremony before, so it's. But that's there the are some juicy it. ceremonies, man. The, oh, the oh fucking book of lies, dude. I'm fucking. Yeah. They they say that the Eucharist should be done by the magician every day at sunset. So I I would love to the Mass of the Phoenix, man. I still don't know how I'm feeling about that big fucking knife though. Oh my god, What's the burin. The burin. Oh my god. Yeah, I I have never done any ritual bloodletting. It kind of scares me. I know it's not that bad, but I don't know. I've done it's quite just... a bit, but it's always just like yeah. a pinprick from my thumb. It's never digging right. into my fucking chest. And I couldn't imagine doing that every day. There has to be some. I don't know. Yeah, but um. In case, what were we on about? We're talking about uh, Clonic. 
Right, right, Claude, Claude. our boy, so, yeah. So, so should we talk about how I got got uh, started talking to him? Yes, yeah, yeah. We should go through all that. <laughs> okay, cool. So this was, you know, I, just to give some time frame, this ha all has been a fucking nonstop whirlwind. My first real entity contact was Venus, and that was probably in like mid or late July of this year. Wow. Um, and then my second entity contact was Clonic, which is maybe like a week or a month after that, something like that. Because you finished, it was a seven week. It was a seven week program, and I finished it the during Watcher Week. Yeah, first week of October. So it must have been like, uh, like the end of July. Yeah, the like the beginning of August. Yeah. Of July. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had a seven-week deal. It was pretty, you know, it, this was no joke. This was some effort, which is, you know, that's how you get the good stuff. You're working hard, you get the good shit. Yeah, you made the, the Kamiya and all of that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, at, at that time, um, I was getting really into planetary magic, which I've always thought was cool, but I was, like, really getting into it because, you know, that's how I led to, that's, that's why I went to Venus, because I knew she was a friendly planet. <laughs> They're all good, though, but, you know, she's a sweetie. So, the first thing I did before I contacted Clonic was, and this is hugely important, have a very specific intention and have it be able to communicate it very clearly and explicitly. Because, you know, this is, this is the thing. Be, you get what you ask for. Be careful what you wish for, right? Don't monkey's paw yourself. Just be specific about everything. If, if, if you think that something might go wrong, specify that it doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. which that was part of what I did because, you know, so, you know, as, as most people are, I was kind of afraid because it was a demon. I had never directly dealt with a demon before, and I didn't know exactly what to expect, but Wikipedia made him seem pretty nice. Even the picture of him, the drawing of him is it's just like a nice, handsome guy. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> pleasant to look at. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not even sure if I remember which one you're talking. We'll, have, we'll throw it up on the screen. Maybe maybe it'll be in the media kit. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a new portion of him. Oh. Oh. I'm leaving the media cool. kit stuff to you. So. Oh hell yeah! Do no, it's gonna well. be fun. Hell yeah! I shall. So um. Yeah, I was getting to planetary magic, and so that's gonna come in soon. So I I contacted Clonic. Uh, you know, it was. I was a little nervous, which I'm sure he could sense, but, you know, he was not giving me a hard time at all. He was just, you know, listening. You know, he's like, you know, why why do you bring me here? What do you want to talk about? So I said, I don't want to make a deal. He says, all right, so what do you want? And I said, I want to have the income or cash influx or what have you required for me to live freely. I define live freely by being able to enact or pursue my true will without any material obfuscations or obstacles. Like, I need, I need to be able to drop 20 bucks on some of bromelain incense. You know, I can't be fucking pinching pennies that much. Clonic, so give me a break, my man. So he was like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, so he says, so we're going to get something from you. So you want to start talking about brass tacks? I'm like, well, before we, before we you know, officialize anything, let's make it very clear what you want from me. He said, okay. So he said, what do you think you could give me? And so I said, you know, I did a bit of research about how to please gods and entities and what have you, how to honor them. You know, there's some pretty obvious ways, prayer, worship, giving out food or wine. But one thing that I saw was using spell work, like using, creating a spell or like, you know, taking your personal energy and giving it 
to the entity. Very cool. Um, it's almost comparable to giving blood, but it's spiritual essence or mana or whatever you want to call it. So I said to him, what do you think about an energetic offering? And he said, that sounds good. Uh, what kind do you think? And so I said, I want to do something destructive. And I think, I don't know whose idea it was, but we ended up saying that the spell would be uh, based on the aspect of Mars with the sub-aspect of Saturn, which we will get, we'll describe soon. So that was the thing. So he said, how many times do you think you should do it? Or no, I, I said, how many times would make you happy? He said, says, what do you think? I said, well, seven sounds like a pretty good number for some reason. So once a week, seven weeks? He's like, sure, that's that's good. I can do that. I'm like, all right, cool. So then I got, that's, that's when we got to brass tacks. I was like, I put it on some stipulations right off the bat. I said, no ironic punishments, no monkey's paw shit, and no hurting anyone I care about. The first things I said, he's like, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> and then I, I pretty much repeated what I said about, you know, being able to fulfill my true will, not be, not have the material world get in my way. Yeah. And we, we stipulated everything. What'd you say? Oh, I was just, after talking to him more, it's like, it seems like the monkey's paw stuff isn't really his bag anyway. No, he's like, like the anti-monkey's paw. You get a little nice thing that you didn't ask for. <laughs> <laughs> the KFC still gets me every time. <laughs> oh my god. What if you took a monkey's paw, but it was open, and when you wanted wishes, you would close the fingers? That's what Klonak is like. You get the nice wishes. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that sold the monkey's paw to the person from the story was called a fakir. F-A-K-I-R. A faker. <laughs> Selling... <laughs> Cursed curios. I want to have a cursed curio shop, like the fucking devil on Rick and Morty. Oh my god! Sell cursed objects. <laughs> I, I, saw, oh, I saw a comic. Somebody walks into like you know the devil, the the fakir's store. The devil selling all the cursed objects. They're like, you know, these objects are cursed, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Buyer beware, all that stuff. It's this is just like standard shit under capitalism. I'm used to being treated treated poorly by you know i'm used to all this <laughs> shit i know you're never gonna get but i just you know i'm still curious and still looking it's like you realize these items are cursed it's like man my life sucks <laughs> they just don't they're just not even plussed by it i mean that's kind of that's the point where i was at kind of <laughs> it's like i was like i'm already fucked like how much worse can a demon be uh answer very much worse but not this guy <laughs> yep well, that's the other thing is like if you make if you make the pact, you better hold up your end of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's a serious word. We say pact or covenant. Word is bond. Whoa. Right? That's that's that that's from the Bible. That's a good one. Word is bond. Word is if bond. If you say you're gonna do something, you better fucking do it, dude. Holy shit. Um. So after we had that meeting. I said, all right, I'm going to figure out the spell. I'm going to work on it, you know, make it better, make it cooler. And every time I do the spell, I'll give you, you know, whatever the outcome is. I'll take that destructive energy. I'll throw it at your sigil. And that will, you can use that to take the power into your coffers and do with it as you will. He's like, cool, good, let's do it. And then he dipped out. And, you know, by the, I went in kind of awkward and nervous. But by the time he left, I was pretty comfortable with him. And he's pretty comfortable with me. Um... And, you know, he didn't make me prove myself to him or kowtow to him or any... He didn't, he didn't make me act in any kind of deference. 
All he wanted was politeness and respect. And that's what I gave him, so that satisfied him. Mm -hmm. It was very similar when I had the conversation with him. I mean, I was like, we were talking about before, I'm like, I'm drunk, man, <laughs> but I still want to do this. <laughs> I'd had like th I'd had like three or four of those uh, like those triples. The Belgian triples are like nine percent. <laughs> oh, those beers! Holy shit! Right. Oh and we my hadn't god. We had not slept from watching at night, and we oh, just finished watching Evangelion. But I was like, "Fuck it, let's do this!" And I just like, you know, just had a conversation with him. He's just a guy. Yeah, he's just a guy. You know, and it, I, I, you know, it would like, and he like, I was talking to him like, you know, the Aeon shit. This is gonna be good for all of us, right? Like, we should work together. And he was totally, he was totally about it. I'm pretty sure he said, "World peace is good for business. It's just math." I think he said something. <laughs> like that. It's like, what do you think is better, a wartime economy or a peacetime economy? You fucking tell me, right? He wants peace. They all want peace. They want just. They don't want to be fucking. You know. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Well, and the thing about the wartime economy is you can really ramp up production because you need to, you know, to build all of the weapons and shit. And that's they say that World War Two actually saved capitalism because it was in it was in a crisis. It was it was spiraling and all the New Deal shit. Like the recovery that was a result of that was a pittance compared to what world war two did right mm. which you know, interesting not, which we you know we're not we're not saying that we want to make a bunch of money off of selling weapons or anything like that but you know the war the war is good for him too how's that because you know being the being the treasurer of of the aeonic army is quite a spot to be Oh, right. I don't think we have touched on that yet, right? He's the treasure. I, I said to him, how would you like to participate in the Aeon? He said, you know, principal treasurer, you know, the money man, the, the commerce lord or baron or whatever it is. Like, all right. Like, Liam, you good with that? Like, yeah. Like, there it is. So he he's a he's a serious player. He's actually, you know, he's quite committed. Yeah, he's, um, in, the, he's in the pink group. Right. Yeah, shoes. we have an organization chart. <laughs> <laughs> That's for internal use only. True. Need to know basis. <laughs> oh man. You know what else is for internal use only? <laughs> my dick. <laughs> oh my god. It's Do not so apply a thumb. Oh my. It's <laughs> it's so sad that Steve Jobs died of ligma. Who the hell is Steve Jobs? Ligma balls. You are incorrigible. <laughs> Phone her up. You are a devious. You are a deviant and a knave. Ligma jokes are gonna save the world one day, dude. They I'm gonna ligma have, set. Oh my god. I'm gonna ligma set himself. I bet he doesn't know about ligma. No ligma shield can can oh can god. save him. Well, there's like the Yu-Gi-Oh card that says "No, you." It's like you play as someone. Does... Yeah, you showed me that. <laughs> you fell from my trap card. I need to get some trap, some trap cards. That sounds fucking cool. My my room is my room is trapped actually. Oh yeah, we're talking about the we're talking about the psychic tripwire and shit. After you had some unwanted visitors, right? Quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, one or two dozen. 
Jesus. Well, they know not to fuck with you at this point. That's the thing, you know, they, they escalate and escalate, and then eventually they come to a point where they realize that it's a wasted effort. <laughs> They're better off building I mean, their power. They fucking, <laughs> they fucking, like, sacrifice their queen, like, turn three, like... <laughs> That's the thing, not a lot of Abaddons. Not a lot of nope. guys like that. Nope, and now... Do you know, any, do you know another Angel of Destruction? <laughs> and now Abaddon is chill with the Aeon, right? He's helping you train. No, I, I, yeah, I've talked to him, and I said to him, I was like, "Are you mad at me still?" He said, "No." And he said, "Are you mad at me?" I said, "No." I said to him, "Uh, you know, we were placed on different sides. That is the nature of war." And then we fought, and we met, and we realized that we actually want the same thing. So what's what's bad about that? And he's like, "Yeah, I, I believe that too." So you know, the first the first few days after I you know sent him to the underworld, he was like. <laughs> He is so mad, but he got over it. He got over it. Yeah, gotta just gotta give him some room to to vent it out. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you 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 beat him. That's enough to piss him off. I don't I don't even know if he's ever been beaten. Who knows? Who knows? Who fucking knows, man? Shit. Um, hell yeah. Well, what else should we say about Clonic? About um. I guess it was some other notes we want to say about channeling as, as well. Well, I'd like to quickly uh, go over the spell. Yes. Just to, oh, just yeah. To we never, we never finished that. So the cool thing about the spell is, so it started off, I kind of didn't have much of an idea. I was like, I did like a red laser beam or something and tried to make it hot. I was like, you know, just as like a simple thing. Then I used that as the basis and I like added more laser beams Then I made like a jet of fire and then I just kept developing and developing it. Um, so I made these two planetary sigils. I don't remember the exact words I used, but I have the Mars sigil and the uh, Saturn sigil. You'll see in red and blue, respectively. I can put a picture. This is in the book, in the Heretic and Psychonaut, if you ever want to look at it. Um, I have the Clonic sigil, which I will do a better drawing of for the media kit, just to see. And there's the composite Saturn-Mars sigil. These are the vibrations. So there's Ao, which is the ph Greek phonetics for Saturn and Mars. Gabura, Sephiroth. Milchama, the Hebrew word for war, and Klonak, of course. So with the way the spell ended up going is that the whole like fiery thing, the whole laser flamethrower impact, that was just the intro. So you t I took all that fire and shit and you know used it to channel into you know an astral weapon. You can just make weapons in the astral plane. I don't have to explain that to you. And it, it was molten. It's molten spectral iron that came out of both ends of my wand and it never cooled down it just was magmic it was the, at the temperature where iron becomes orange whoa right and then i i fucking like so this is like, yeah 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 and i fucking jammed that motherfucker in the clonic sigil i pulled it out and it basically like caught on fire and like radiantly disintegrated I was like, Klonic, you like that? He's like, yeah, <laughs> I do. So you know what? I designed a spell for Klonic. Now he just has a spell. If he ever wants the Spear of Gabora, he can just pull it off his fucking shelf. I think that's a pretty good trade. I think that's a pretty good deal. I think he got what he wanted, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you got that spell too now, right? Well, that spell would later be transmuted as one half of the Nephilim Blade's soul. So, yes. 
very important spell. Very important. Yeah, that was the 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 spear of Gaborah and the lance of mercy. That's a whole that's a whole thing. But that's yeah, that's that's a tangent for another day. <laughs> I feel like we touched on the but, weapons before, but can never. Yeah, well, it's part of the lore. You know, it'll be you'll you'll get bits and pieces and you'll figure it's it out. The exact in, right? nature. <laughs> uh huh. You got to give some breadcrumbs. You know. I want I want some fan theories and speculation. I want some fan theory tumblers about the Aeon. Be fun. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. So, um you you mentioned talking about channeling in general. So, I didn't really understand channeling at all until it just started happening to me. <laughs> what was your understanding of it when you heard the word, when you thought of the word? It's like when people talk about mediums, like they are an interface between the spirits and like the material, like the human realm, right? You're able to basically channeling specifically, like they, they use your, they use your body, they use your brain, they use your words, right? But it's, it's, it's their, it's their word. They're using your vocabulary, but they're using... But they're their words, and they're coming out of your mouth. So, <laughs> here's a teaser for you. I'm not sure if this, this is not a test question. How do you tell a real channeler from a fake channeler? Real medium from a fake medium? I guess by asking the spirit things that only the spirit would know, right? Or Right. That. Mm, or I was like... Oh yeah, well if yeah if you have a copy of seven seven seven, depending on like what the spirit is, and you can say like what's your what's your mineral, what's your color, like all this stuff. Oh yeah, you can quiz it. You get your correspondences. Hell fucking yeah. That's how, that's how yeah. Crowley figured out that Rose was actually to like had a message from Horace is because she was able to go through all the whole list of all of his qualities and point point them out specifically. She was the one that wow. pointed out the stele, the six yeah. six six. Yeah. Dude, the stele is huge. We're gonna have we're gonna have at least one episode about the stele eventually. Uh, it's a gate to the underworld, just you know, straight up. So we'll get to that when we get to it. True, but I think <laughs> an accomplished an accomplished magician with knowledge of the spirit that is being channeled will be able to tell immediately whether the spirit is actually invoked properly. And the words that are right. coming out of it are, are true are truly representative. If somebody's faking, if somebody if somebody's acting, then it's like and you know and you know the person that they're supposed like the, the spirit that they're supposedly invoking, then it's probably pretty obvious. I would say so. I would think. You mentioned that you said there was like an instant personality change when Klonic, you know, integrated with me. Mm -hmm. And so what was that like, if you could expand on that? It's because I remember the the induction process. Because you would say like, okay, come into me. The use you can use my mouth. You can use my words. And you give him a second to like try out your tongue, and all, <laughs> and all that stuff, and like feel feel his way in. And then, and then it was like, it was like he was sitting there in front of me. Like the yep, the whole energy. The whole energy. It was like the the face the the body language the words the vo like the vocal intonations it was yeah. you could tell they, were they were distinct from yours it's the same it's 
which and you know R- Rahor same similar with Rahor Queet, except yours and Rahor Queet's personality are blending. <laughs> yeah, but you know he was much more of a hard ass. My <laughs> 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 oh, God. Hell yeah, um, I was one. I was wondering if Klonik wants to come for like five minutes, and we could we could show we could show the people right here and now what that change looks like and see if he has anything to add any, anything he wants to plug on the on the pod because that's the usual thing yeah thanks so much for yeah. being on the podcast clonic um where can people come to find you is there anything that you want to you want to plug any any anything that you want to say before we go <laughs> like that whole time. hell yeah okay well i was actually talking to clonic about this earlier i was considering just what you mentioned and uh what i realized is or what clonic demanded is that i have to do like a a costume change. I had to slick back my hair and put on a nice shirt. You know what he said? This kid's wearing a fucking Metatron angel shirt on the day he's doing a, a devil interview. Where my Metatron shirt? Oh, nice. <laughs> he's like, give me a break. I'm like, okay. So yeah, maybe we'll cut this out. But give me a minute or two. I'm gonna get into, I'm gonna get Klonek looking. And then we can bring him in. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Ooh. Cool. Cool. I know that took a little while, but I was having trouble putting my contacts in. Clonic was like, I don't do glasses. I just don't. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. But yeah, I think I look different enough for it to pass. All right, so uh, I'm going to evoke Clonic and then invoke him. Um, and then we'll take it away. So I'm going to use my, my magic circle and triangle for this. Um, let me see if I can get this on camera. Hang on. Yeah, you guys, it's like, I'm, I'm going to teach your kids how to summon spirits. It's like, you you watch these boys, you get to burn the books. They're doing, they're doing bad stuff against the church. This is worse than Harry <laughs> Potter, even. It's worse than Harry Potter. I didn't know that was possible. All right, it's a little bit askew, but that adds some mystique, right? That's not a bad angle, right? No, it's fine. Yeah, it's good enough. All right. The wand's good for evocation. Okay. Oh, all right. Human skin is weird, dude. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right. Hey, what you got for Big C? Who am I speaking to? Who do you fucking? I know. Oh, I know. For the oh, people. For the people. Everything is for the people, isn't it? I love giving you a hard time. I especially like giving the other one a hard time. But everyone, you know, <laughs> you gotta remind the boys that uh, you know, people talk about paying your dues, right? You gotta, you gotta be a big man before you can stand among Clonex. Just kidding, just kidding. You're good boys. <laughs> Clonex, yes, I'm, I'm Clonex. I'm one of the Goetic demons. And yes, you see this little kid in front of you, but he was nice enough to lend me his body. So let's all be polite. Let's give it up for the host, right? Good host. You know, the first person you see when you go to Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what's going on? What do you want to talk about? You want to brief people about the interview? Or? So, so we so we had the interview. You're here on the podcast now. What do you want to What do you want to say to people? Oh right, yeah. Part of the stipulation was I said to you guys, I want you to you know reveal me to the public so that I can attract potential business associates. That's what I was about. Right. That's why. I mean, that's. That's just what I, I want to get seen. I want to be out there, and I want it to be known that if you want to make some good deals, if you want to make some, some things happen, material, astral, or elsewhere, I'm your man. We can talk something out. And any two people can come to an agreement. Compromises, pros and cons, adjustments, you know, adding and subtracting from what side gives to another. Eventually, you can find a way to align your, your goals and find a fair trade. And if you can't do that, then that person's probably not your friend and probably not a good person to make a deal with, right? If you can't easily arrive at an understanding with them, then, like, once again, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone, just like the kid was saying. I, I don't prove myself to you. You don't prove yourself to me. As, as Bird Boy loves saying, success is thy proof. There you have it. And you know who's really successful? Klonek. <laughs> I, got, I got invited. To be the money man for the what will be, you know, the last empire, the <laughs> empire of Babylon. I got it on the ground floor. That's what you gotta do. Angel invest. I know I know some I know some movers and shakers when I see them. These kids are chomping at the bit. We love it. We love it. All the all the Goetics, especially the you know, the main guys, uh Baal, Mephisto and uh Belial and friends, they are so entertained by what you guys do. Well, because, you know, they respect the mission, but also they, they make fun of all your, your personality quirks. They're like, you know what? I was actually going to make a joke about Nephilim. There was about 98% of his closet was black. <laughs> I could I had trouble. I had trouble finding a shirt that wasn't black. Look what, <laughs> look what I ended up with. But I got some red accents. You can kind of see. Yeah, I can see them. A little bit more. It's a bit devilish, I would say. <laughs> oh, man. So I want to attract people that are interested in making deals. Wayne Brady, let's make a deal. If you come wearing some bullshit costume, I'm not going to show up. Okay, so yeah, I'll tell you how to contact me. You want to contact me, take a look at the thing that Nephilim did. You, you get your magic circle, you get a triangle. The magic circle is where the operator goes. The triangle is where you summon the entity out of. Vanish and ground. Uh, draw the clonic sigil. Hold it in the air in front of you, visualize it, and then invite me through the triangle. And if you did it right, and you're not calling me just to fuck around, I'll show up. And then we'll talk it out. And uh, we'll come to a deal or we won't. But uh, just you know, come in with an open mind and an open heart and really think about what you want. Really think about what you want. Because people underestimate the possibility of having things that make them happy. <laughs> it seems things seem impossible to actually be happy. So you you delude yourself into settling into into lesser things that uphold your sense of security while avoiding and turning away from what you actually could be, what you actually could have. The the true potential and depth of what success can be. So don't underestimate yourself. Don't think small. There's nothing wrong with making a small pact to build rapport. I think that's great. 
the KFC thing. That was fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get the idea. Uh, so you just come in well-intentioned. You know, I respect all comers. I give everyone a chance. I'm not going to give you a hard time. And all I ask is that you're respectful too and that neither of us are wasting each other's time. And be sure that you want to do what you're doing with me. Just be sure. Because if you back out, it's not going to be good. And I'm one of the nice ones. Seriously. So I hate to be scary, but don't fuck with me. Fucking, do I have to say it? Come yeah, on. I, I mean... <laughs> You shouldn't have to. You probably do. <laughs> Disclaimer. I have many legions of demons. We all do. We all have tons of demons that, that would serve us or work with us. It's so much fun. Hell is packed. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Well, this is where the good stuff happens. So that's pretty much the long and short of it. So I would encourage you to think about what you want and think about what you can give me. And... Consider the possibility of forming a business relationship or, you know, being someone that you can call on me, I can call on you. You know, try to, you know, people that support each other. The whole squad goals shit they're talking about. That's the idea, right? Squad up. Excellent. Well, I know I will be calling you very soon, especially as we're wrapping up the current pact. I've got a few, I've got a few other ideas for, for where we can move forward in the future. And I'm so I'm excited to do that. So I will be following your instructions here very soon and i hope that many of our listeners go and do the same because you're the man it's just good business <laughs> what can i say it just is you know what i'll say is uh just to just to uh i guess i will explain myself our pact was that i would push people in your direction for this interview right and i already have done that and then now that you finished the pact i'm gonna do it more Half up front, half after. Isn't that nice? <laughs> that was pretty good. pretty good. So, you know, and you know why I did that? Because I like it. I know you're going to do it. I know, you're not going to not do the clonic episodes. I don't even have to worry about it. So, yeah, of course I threw you some, some bones. That's what I do. I uncovered treasures. <laughs> it's like, why chase dollars when you can chase gold? <laughs> True. The U.S. dollar will have no value in the nation of Babylon, just to make it clear. We don't take your money here. Your money's no good here. <laughs> I mean, oh what God. would you even need to buy at that point? Well, we're, when we're in the transitional period between you know, getting established and having complete paradise, it'll, it'll, take, it's, it'll take more than a day mm -hmm. or two. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Any parting... Wait, I've, I've made my points. Oh, parting words. Sorry. I mean not to speak over you, my friend. Just uh, hit me up. See what could happen. You know, take a chance on it. If you don't believe in contacting Goetic Demons, consider what you saw today and make your own decision. The people that can tell that this is legit, I am very excited to meet you. And I'm ready to take a chance on you. How's that sound? Good, right? Sounds good to me. Well, thank you for showing up again, Clonic, and giving us that little bit. We really appreciate it. It's always, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you guys just as much. Yeah, yeah, I love you guys. You're so fun. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> upstart mortal boys running around like chickens with their video games and their edgy-ass spells. And oh, my God. Smoke weed build factories, right? 
<laughs> Every day, man. Every, Every day. day. All right, I'm out. Awesome. Thanks again for coming, Klonek. All right, it's your boy. Your boy. <laughs> You're back. Nephilim. Oh, man. How was that? What do you think? How was it? Um, I was pretty cognizant. You know, he's he's not a hard rider. No, no. Some entities, if you let them in, they really, they really get into you. He's chill. He's chill. He's yeah, a good, nice. he's a and good you guys have some, You guys have some rapport, so it was probably easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we understand each other. Awesome. All right, anything? Let's, let's, let's wrap it up. What should we leave him with? Make sure you use a circle and a triangle. If you have any patrons or, you know, guardian angels or what have you, bring some along. But yeah, go out and get your feet wet. Yeah, have uh, fun. Get, get, me get messy, make mistakes, and something or other. The Miss Frizzle thing from, from Magic <laughs> School Bus. Yeah and, yeah. and make sure what you're asking for is you want because you probably will get it as long as you hold up your end of the deal. Well, not not even probably, right? You will. I, if you have a really good excuse, like, I think I used the example of the book, something like, if you agree to run a marathon, but then your leg gets cut off, the demon's not going to hold that against you. You know? Something like right. that. It's something that and, prevents you. You know, I'm sure there's the idea of renegotiation if, if something like that happens. Yeah, I don't think they would immediately... Well, it depends on the guy, but Klonik wouldn't immediately like, ruin your life. He would be like, hey, what's going on? Are we gonna... What's the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that was cool. That was fun. That was really fun. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So I guess we'll I guess we'll call it here. That's good. Let's do it. Awesome. So thanks for listening to the Aeon Squad, our episode with Klonek, who will definitely be joining us again in the future. So stay Stay tuned. We got plenty of more fun stuff coming up. We've got a series on the tarot, an introduction, a, pro, a full series that's a primer to magic, aeonic magic, also coming up, as well as many more spirit interviews and fun goodies like that. So stay tuned. We will be by and by. Abrahadavra four one eight. We out, boys, babes, pals, everybody. Ah! <laughs> We're going. All right.
Yeah.